You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Not of the Scribe. Got a good injury update and one of the bad injury updates that we got yesterday. Turns out probably not going to be that bad. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Also, Uh, Some defensive stats, continuing to look at that, and some of the weird things we've been seeing with this team that we haven't been seeing with other NBA teams in a decade's worth of time, two decades worth of time. I'm going to dive into some of those stats a little bit deeper as to why that makes this team a little bit more attractive. A couple of things certainly worth getting to today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. First, Nada, we've got to update the people on the center, Cody Zeller. He's updated a probable for Friday. And when we saw that Cody Zeller went live in practice just yesterday, that was Wednesday of this week. I don't know if we really thought he was going to be ready for Friday, but at least that he was somewhat getting back to playing some live action basketball. And Cody Zeller says, quote, I feel really good. I'll be a little rusty and timing in the scrimmage yesterday. I was sometimes a step slow or a step late. It's also my teammates kind of getting used to me again, but we do know that he's probable for this game against Chicago. It doesn't mean that he's going to start over Bismack right from the get-go, certainly going to start once he gets his legs back under him, but good news to see that what should be your starting center is coming back sooner rather than later. How excited are you to see that Cody Zeller is coming back and is at least probable for this game against the Bulls? I am kind of exciting. I know it's not going to fix everything, but it may mean that there's a guy that can defend his man and is over 6'10", because if we're really honest, the six the guys that are 6'10 and up and can actually defend on this team are very, very few. So... The fact that he's back is very, a very exciting thing. The one only other thing that I would probably like somewhat quibble with you is with his injury history and the idea of keeping the mileage off, maybe he's better off coming off, off, off the bench. We saw them do this last year. With, and granted, the rotation, we all know that Borrego wasn't the biggest fan of the rotation, but at the same time, why not bring Cody Zeller off the bench, save some wear and tear, and in case you want to trade for him or in case somebody else wants to trade for him, then make it easier on everybody and just keep him off the bench, and then you know you have at least eight guys that you feel comfortable with coming off the bench, and then if Malik, again, if Brago likes Malik today or likes Caleb Martin today or something like that, then you can go to a nine-man rotation and save some of the wear and tear for and keep some of the wear and tear off of everybody. I think you can certainly save the wear and tear. Cody Zeller's not coming off of the bench in exchange for Bismack Biombo. When you look at this team, you could always see how the numbers were bad amongst the starting lineup. And I think a lot of those problems are solved by having Bismack Biombo sit on the bench. You look at the ratings, the net ratings, the offensive and defensive rating for this team when Biz is on the floor, you know, it's not as good as it is compared to some other combinations out there. 
If you put biz on the bench and you don't play him 27 minutes per game, then your team gets better at basketball. And that's exactly the amount of minutes that he's been playing per night, which is the most in seven seasons that he's played. A lot of this, according to the Rick Bennell article that was put in the Charlotte observer, 27 minutes a night, Nada. you know, it was funny. We were discussing Bismack Biombo wanting him back, yes. legitimately wanting him to come back on exactly the deal that he got. Certainly not an overpaid guy. It's not something that's going to be crippling to this team. You're not breaking the bank to bring him back. But also we wanted him to return on the basis that he could be a good mentor and he doesn't really play all that much. If he gives us 15 minutes or something like that, cool, but not 27 minutes. And that's what he's had to give you in certain areas. I, look, I, I would have rather have had PJ Washington at the center. If, if you were going to, if, if you wanted to win games and it's even developing some young talent, PJ needs to get in shape anyway. Yes, he does. I mean, it's not like you're going to, you know, put all of this wear and tear on PJ through the first 15 games of the season. And then you're going to completely wreck them for the rest of the year. That wasn't going to happen, even if Cody Zeller took an extra five games to get back. Uh, now you get a better center. You put Biz on the bench, hopefully in a role that he was better suited to play anyway. And I'm hoping that James Borrego will still experiment a lot with putting PJ at the five and Miles at the four because offensively, they've been really good in that area. And you know what, Nada? Defensively, their rating hadn't been all that bad when those two guys are there. It's like they're average and then offensively they're good. And it's why I've wanted to lean into that. Even with the rebounding being so poor defensively, it's fine. And offensively, it's really good. I wish that they would just continue to do that more, but Cody Zeller coming back. I think that's it, it, It's just a better player. You're it. Let's just, let's just make this as simple as possible. You're getting a better basketball player, a significantly better basketball player than biz. You're going to put him out there with the starting rotation, getting more minutes. Therefore, it makes your team a better basketball team let's just keep it as simple as it is i can't argue with that I, I again it's a better basketball team it's a deeper basketball team and it helps on your pick and roll defense which mind you while not being the worst because you run zone can only improve because you have a guy that can legitimately cover the the role guy or at least at least stop him or slow him down and that's something that we necessarily haven't had or haven't seen with biz i like biz Biz gets hunted a lot on these center on these pick and rolls in, in the center spot. So I like it. I, I, I don't I'm not the biggest fan of the small lineup, even though they've made me a fan of it. <laughs> and I'm like, honestly, I am at the point where I'm happy for depth. I shouldn't be as excited as I am to see Cody Zeller back because I know what I'm going to get. And I'm going to get these stats that go beyond the stat sheet, this, that and the third the things. That That's go right. Beyond the You're going to get some screen assist, baby. It's time. <laughs> It's time for the player that yeah, helps time. you, except for the traditional box score. Yes, it's time to get that guy back. Yes, it is. It's time <laughs> to get him back. And you know what? I know somewhere Doug Branson is throwing his phone as far as possible. And you know what? Yeah, we like that he's right. mad about this thing. We, that's right. we love it. We love to end that. That's people. right. It makes us happy that Doug is angry listening to our podcast. We'll take a quick break, but first I want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. In my case, it's more food more than the mortgage. Just give me more money for food and I'll be a happy guy. So why would you choose to spend 30% 
50% or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. You can write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Not a mention that maybe you could bring Cody Zeller off of the bench or save him a little bit to use as trade bait. Is his trade value dwindling down or the chances of him getting traded dwindling down? I want to talk about that next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. But what he showed in Summer League comma, a Euro step into a windmill during a game, end of comma, oh, could yeah. put him on the radar of a radar, excuse <laughs> a me, radar. of all NBA, yeah, on the radar, on the radar of <laughs> all NBA fans as a nightly highlight producer, yeah. You're Charlotte, you're Charlotte coming out there. Yeah, I'm from, I'm from uh, Catawba County. Get so, them on the radar. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, why wouldn't you? You can listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast. Now, we've talked a lot about Cody Zeller being the most likely guy on the roster for the last couple of years to get traded. He's also had an injury history that you've noted, and it got better last year. I think he played a decent amount of games. I'm going to bring up his stats just to see how many of those were off the bench, though. Yeah, no, fine. I'm just saying the injury history, it got better last year. But still, this is a guy that has battled quite a bit of injuries. He even mentioned it, you know, after the the media availability that he had today, he discussed how the nagging injuries in his career, you know, they've been uh, they've been frustrating. He calls it bad luck, which, you know, I'm not going to try to debate on what's bad luck compared to just unhealthy dudes that are just injury prone. I don't know the difference between those guys, but it's certainly been unlucky for Cody Zeller. Yeah, he played 58 games compared to the uh, whatever the games that were played for the Charlotte Hornets. What was it like 68, something Mm -hmm. like that. So, you know, he was relatively healthy last year, was hurt right at the beginning of the season. Either way, we've talked about Cody Zeller being the most likely guy to be traded because his role got manipulated quite a bit. James Borrego really kind of wanted to evaluate the talent that was on the roster last year more than the direction was to win every single game possible. That motive, that goal has changed. And so here Cody Zeller is. As soon as he comes back, I expect him to start. We even, uh, and, and myself included, just because James mm-hmm. Borrego kept talking about this at the beginning of the season, I think even the is Cody Zeller going to 100% start the season conversation was probably overblown. Again, yeah. I think James Borrego let us down that hallway, but we followed him and we talked about it. And eventually he's like, no. Cody Zeller is going to start point blank period. This is how it's going to be either way. Nada. It's, it's been a conversation that has reared mm-hmm. its head constantly the last two years. Then we started to ask a question here and there. Is it better for the Hornets to just sit on Cody Zeller's contract, use him as a player, and then maybe even bring him back. And as we get further and further into the season, it's going to be hilarious If Cody Zeller just never gets traded, the deadline passes. All right. Now he's entering a year that sees his free agency. 
is he just going to decide to stay here in Charlotte because he likes it here and he's grown fond of the area? And after all those conversations, maybe, maybe are, are we turning the likelihood up more on him just staying here in this city? You know, I, I want to believe that this team, like for Cody Zeller's sake and for the Charlotte Hornets' sake, there's part of me that wants to see him go just to see him do do something else and then become NBA hipsters, like favorite center or something like that. There's a part of me that wants to see that happen <laughs> because at this point I am I, I'm kind of like I kind of want to see something different now. Now, granted, I thought these centers, the, the centers that they drafted, weren't going to be nearly as raw as they are. So there's that. To, there's that portion of this, but. The longer he stays, you're right. I do feel like there's a better and better chance of him actually, you know, being on this, again, being on this roster long term because I don't think Cody wants to go anywhere. He'll go tell his his agent, Jeff Schwartz, to go get it done. And just as long as it's a decent player-friendly slash team-friendly deal, I think it happens basically because I don't think Cody Zeller wants to go anywhere. I really don't. And... Uh I, again, I'm not sure if it's not for the best if he doesn't want to go anywhere. Yeah, I, and I remember having this conversation with Rick as soon as he signed his contract with um, with the Charlotte Hornets that Cody kind of got it done early just because he didn't really want to worry about it all that much afterwards, that there was a possibility he could have gotten more money. Um, and it's not a small contract. It's, it's, mm-hmm. a, you know, it's a fine one. I, I think he was always one of the guys that wasn't, crazy overpaid it wasn't one of the bad contracts on a team that was full of overpaid contracts but his was never truly uh, uh, truly in that tier and Cody I remember him saying that to Rick and, and us talking about it like he just wanted to get it done he just didn't want to worry about it anymore and it was nice to have that kind of peace of mind it doesn't mean that he's going to take this huge hometown discount but having a guy that's thought that way before certainly benefits you if you're trying to work out a deal with him once again you bring up the two rookies on this team they decided to go with Lamelo ball if James Wiseman is available at three it seems like the Hornets were going to take him even if they had if if the Hornets had it their way James Wiseman would have fell to number three and they mm-hmm. would have taken him now hey the NBA draft is all about luck baby and I'm glad we got Lamelo ball right now but they could have taken James Wiseman at three if they would have done that we're having a different conversation. You're probably a little bit more prone to letting Cody Zeller walk. And because you drafted LaMelo, you bring him in the backcourt, you're really hurting for big man depth. You don't go out and get any other free agents. It's just Cody and it's Bismack. And then you're going to tinker with the small ball lineup. You draft a couple of rookies in the second round, one real damn raw that came along way late with Kentucky <laughs> yes. and Nick Richards and Vernon Carey, who was a great college player, a phenomenal college player, but not somebody that had the skill set of protecting the rim, being this athletic guy that you love to see in the dunker spot and then throw oops to him all day long, which is kind of where you're seeing that kind of center position go. And he's a little undersized. So you see both of these guys here not getting any playing time whatsoever. It just seems like out of all. Okay, so we get to a crossroad. Yes, we do. Are we going to take this direction or this direction? That means Cody Zeller is likely going to stay. Now we're going to take this direction. That means Cody Zeller is more valuable. All right, let's get to this crossroad, which and like and it seems to every intersection they've already they've always taken the way that they're going to have to rely on Cody a little bit more. And I wonder if just all of these different things that the Hornets have done, it all piles on to, oh, hell, 
let's just go ahead and bring Cody back. Like, it's just been yeah. interesting to see Mitch Kupchak and the Hornets make those decisions. It's just funny because you talk about that decision, and I just keep going back to the offseason and thinking about the Montrez Harrell thing. Now, mind you, the Montrez Harrell might, the Montrez Harrell non signing might have been the best thing to happen to the Charlotte Hornets. Because can you ma- imagine Montrez Harrell and that small ball lineup that people are infatuated with in Charlotte right now? That, ima- can you imagine that? And the, ima- like, the Hornets <laughs> are last in rebounding right now, as is. The one mm-hmm. thing Montrez Harrell really doesn't do well is defensive rebound. Like Montrez Harrell is much more of an offensive center than a defensive one. And the fact that this team almost went that route and said, okay, Montrez Harrell is going to be the center of our future, again, the future, uh, our future at center. That was almost a thing. So I keep thinking that this team has yet to really fully address the whole who's going to be the future at center position. And I think it's be. I don't want to call it one of those last-minute situations at the bar where Cody Zeller's the last woman at the bar and it's almost 2 o'clock and you just want to go home with somebody. <laughs> yes. But, but, at but, the but same hey, time. you know what? You know what? If, if it's a crunch time decision and, and you, you got to go home with somebody, man, like at this point, you, you can't go home empty again and you got to pick somebody, you could do a lot worse than Cody Zeller at 2 a.m. Well, 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 is he going to fix the rebounding? Is he going to fix the rebounding, though? Well, and... I mean, he's, he's going to be fine. Like he's going to be fine enough, right? Like that, that's what we're talking about here. That that's the whole 2 a.m. partner. That's he's fine enough. And I even think good to some degree. And you bring up the Montrose Harrell situation, by the way, you know, you're, you're right that apparently the Hornets were interested in bringing him back home. I believe a Tarboro native. So they were interested in bringing him back home. And uh, you, you think offered about more small- money than the Lakers. And he still said no. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll stay in L.A. with a championship contending team. It makes sense to to take less money if that was the other team offering it to you. Um, You talk about that small ball lineup. Yeah, like even if Montrezl Harrell is considered an offensive center, the the knock on him is when you do have to battle these huge dudes, then, you know, he he gets engulfed and it's just too much. But even with P.J., where we have that problem, he's even shorter than Montrezl Harrell is. Okay, but offensively, the dude can shoot like you're yeah. not having Montrez Harrell shoot these threes. So PJ's ability to shoot 38% from three, it's, it's huge. It, it's monumental. And it's why you would rather have even PJ at that center position who, by the way, he's rebounding better this year. You know, even with the team being dead last in rebounding percentage defensively. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. I understand. But PJ is rebounding better this season than what he was last year. Um, and, and you're seeing him defend the rim a little bit. I've talked about how enticing Miles Bridges and PJ being on the floor at the same time that have shown some ability to defend the rim. That's going to be huge in these small ball lineups. So uh, the big man conversation surrounding this team, it gets fascinating. And, and just to continue the conversation about how expendable Cody Zeller is, do you just, if he comes back and this team starts to play better and he shows even more of that value to this team, then you're really deciding, you know what? Yeah, it just only enhances it more, the, the value that he has to this franchise where you don't really want to give him up, especially because you don't have a whole lot of depth. Um, going to be fascinating to see how all of that 
plays out. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust when it comes to betting on sports, and that's betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on, all one word, for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Plenty more on some of the developments for the Hornets and their game on Friday and beyond coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I'm, I'm a little, I listen, hold on. I, now see. Uh, I, we couldn't just blow by that one. Well, you had because this is what frustrates me. You know I'm uh-huh. under the weather. You know I'm not at 100% right now, and you're you're just taking it to me. You're like one of these people that knew Nick Batum had a hand injury, and they were just slapping his hand because it's like we're gonna get, we're gonna knock this guy's hand because we know he's injured, and that's what you're doing to me right now. But I just want to say, Sam, if you're listening, you're more than a numbers guy. You have heart, you have soul, you have agency. You are a person. Love you, Sam. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. If you want to get basketball smart, it starts with listening to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger joins Dunked On Podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan today wherever you get your podcast. Another fun thing about this Hornets team, Nada, you know, we've, we've kind of gone over these stats, I guess, just mm-hmm. briefly yesterday, but... Rick Bennell wrote a piece on the Charlotte Observer about how much zone the Hornets are playing. And then we talked about that stat released by Michael Pina yesterday or two days ago about the assist percentage being crazy high. So here are the stats just again for you. Uh, (laughs) The Hornets are playing as much zone as any team in the NBA, almost double the next team on that list. They're playing more zone than any team in the last 15 years. And their assist percentage is higher than any team in the last 24 years. So you see these, I mean, this team is doing a couple of things here and there that other NBA teams haven't done in 10, 15, 20, 25 years, Nada. I, I find that I find that interesting. You yes. know, I, I think it doesn't it doesn't mean that this team is gonna win a lot more games, but you just see how kind of weird they're just funky. And LaMelo yeah. Ball makes them weird and funky. And James Borrego tinkering with the lineup, even if it drives you mad. You know, it, you just never know what to expect, which can often be a bad thing. But also, you're never bored with the decisions and the way that this team plays. And I do find that interesting to the point where you're talking about why a lot of uh, national NBA pundits are starting to write about them more. That's and true. They were uh, right at the beginning of the season. Yes, because of LaMelo and Gordon Hayward, and now they've got some actual real talent, and it seems like they actually have a little bit of depth, so that helps. But because of that, they can experiment a little bit more, and it's why they've always been a league pass team entering this season. Yeah, no, it's it's funny. Like, you look at it as this weird, funky thing, and, like, I hate to be the Debbie Downer of this. No, you don't. That's that's what you are. Like, your your name is fair, not a Debbie Downey, a De- Debbie Downey. That's what you are. You're, yeah. you're, you're, hey, Debbie, you're Downey? Debbie Downey? Yes, yes, I, fine. I, I will be Debbie Downer. Like, <laughs> the reason they have to do this is because this team isn't all that talented. Like, they have to run zone that much because the talent level isn't comparable. Does it work? Yes. But if you can't play straight up, that speaks to a lack of talent. Now, granted, this is where I give Borrego and the coaching staff all the credit in the world because they managed to squeeze 
all these all the talent that they can out of these pieces at any given time. That is awesome. And I that they are very again, it's a commendable thing. But at what point do we start wondering when we get to a situation where you can't like I just think about the Dallas game where Luca really wasn't bothered once he was used to the the junky defense or anything else like that or Toronto where they basically splashed open three after open three after open three after the Hornets just basically buried like left a whole bunch of people open because the warm up three they give a lot of warm up threes to a lot of guys and it's just that they haven't cashed in so at what point does the mm-hmm. again do you pay the piper for this necessarily zone defense and you're going to have to go back to man because unfortunately these NBA players are too good to keep giving open and open threes to and that's how you again that's how it kills you that's how you get buried that's how the film catches up so what wrinkles to these jump defenses that can you do before at some point it's just okay we're gonna have to go back to man and start playing like everybody else well and you're i think you are going more towards the defense actually ranking quite well in a lot of different statistical categories i was just more talking and and i guess okay so they're throwing more zone there and they're ranking pretty well so it, it seems like a smart decision on the surface which fine and i get your point on all of that I was just really more so talking about that decision being made more so and James Brago leaning so much into it that no other coach is doing that with their team over the past 15 years. And I think you're right, by the way, about the three point percentage, too, because right now Charlotte's opponents are currently shooting the sixth worst percentage against them. And I think it is just a lot of times where, as you said, the opposing offense is just not cashing in on some of the open threes and just threes in general. I expect that to change. So even if you think this Hornets team has a little bit of legit defensive prowess, even if you do think PJ and miles are getting a little bit better, um, you know, defending the rim here and there miles, just getting overall better defensively PJ getting better uh, equipped because his conditioning is, is coming along even with LaMelo, right? Like the steal rate has been impressive even though Lamella, when he's out on the floor, it shows that the team defense isn't as good and he likes to gamble a ton yes, on steals does. where, and, and it's fun, <laughs> but that that's kind of thing. It's a funky team, man. It, yeah. that, that's why, that's why it's kind of interesting to see either way. That's why I think the defense is going to go down. I, I think this is a mirage and as it, it might not go down as what we thought it was going to be coming into the season. You know, you thought Nada, this was going to be just an atrocious level defense. I think we've got enough here that it's not going to be atrocious level. It's certainly not, I think, as good as what the numbers are suggesting now. I expect the other teams to start hitting at a better clip. Yeah, as as do I. I, I expect because you just like as like I said before, like we've gone over during the segment, you're not going to be able to give away that many open threes to that many NBA teams and not eventually pay the price. Like you're taking advantage of teams that are not that aren't in, necessarily in shape or are too tired and haven't gotten their second win yet to go through the season. At some point, this is going to hurt, and it's going to hurt a lot. So it's going to rely on people getting better at guarding their man. And if you can't do that, then I don't know what's going to happen. So it's not going to be atrocious, but the calling card on this on the, for this team is going to have to be being better and being more efficient on offense. And I just don't know how you squeeze this out of this without a roster change of some sort, you know? 
Yeah, and and we'll see if what Borrego does after going to really a seven-man rotation in the second game against Toronto. Now you get Cody back, so you're at least comfortable with eight guys. I mean, Biz isn't going to be buried on the bench since Cody comes back, so you know you're at least going to feel comfortable if you're Borrego with eight guys. Does that? Only, you know, the Malik, the McDaniels, what we'll see, you know, the other guys that have at least received playing time, the Martin twins, how much they get going forward. Another thing you wanted to talk about here, Nada, it's something that is not foreign to Charlotte fans. It's the fact of getting an expansion team. And mm-hmm. apparently Adam Silver suggests that the NBA will not expand for under a $2.5 billion franchise fee. And to put that in perspective, the Brooklyn Nets, were recently purchased for $2.35 billion, which makes the $2.5 billion fee on the high side. And that's based on the analysis of Sportico. Nada, what do you make of Adam Silver's demand for a $2.5 billion fee for an expansion team and what kind of cities we're looking at? What do you find interesting about that notion? The only the only place they're looking to expand is Vegas. That's the only, like, Vegas is the only spot. Not Mexico City, not Seattle, not St. Louis, not Kansas City. It's mm-hmm. Vegas. Two point five billion. You only have one spot in mind, and I don't blame them. It also tells me that, like, should there ever come a time where the Charlotte franchise moves, and heaven forbid, and I'm knocking on wood, praying it doesn't happen, Dan coming back a third time. Like, there's no chance, none at all. Like, literally, at this point. Two point, if they're looking at two point five billion, if you're looking at two point five billion for a franchise for an expansion franchise fee, then there are very few spots, if only if only one, that they're looking to expand. And it kind of makes sense if we're honest. Yeah, and you don't even think the talent pool is big enough for no. an expansion team. No, it's it, it's not. We're barely getting to the point where every team where you can feel confident of saying every team's got at least semi star talent. Not every team does have that. No one has that marquee star that you can say, okay, I'm going to see this guy 41 times a year. No one's got that this year. So until you have a point where you can say they, there's at least in every city at least one guy that you would go to pay admission for, then at that point, okay, maybe start talking about expansion. Until then, nah, I'm good. Like <laughs> That wraps. Yeah. No, I hear you. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again for supporting the show. We always appreciate it. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA or any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We'll come back with one more show to finish out the week, and we'll get you prepped for that game against the Chicago Bulls, the first time the Hornets have played in almost a week's worth of time. So it should be good to see the Hornets back in action. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.